Let us pray. Gracious Father, implant this word deep within our hearts as we reflect on the meaning, on the intention, on the purpose of the death of our Lord and Savior Jesus upon the cross, your Son dying for the sins of the world. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. On this day so long ago, Jesus of Nazareth, a great prophet, one who is ultimately the Messiah, died upon a cross outside of Jerusalem. On this day, we call it Good Friday, though it is the death of the Messiah, though it is a day remembering, observing, recognizing the death of this Messiah upon the cross. We call it Good Friday. We don't call it Bad Friday or Terrible Friday or Black Friday, but Good Friday. Because on this day, the Savior of the world died for the sins of the world. The Son of God died to take away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God, who had been planned from before the foundations of the earth, before the foundations of the world, took upon himself the sins of the world that they might be put away. On this day is the fulfillment of our Old Testament passage that we read about Abraham and Isaac. Abraham taking his only son Isaac up Mount Moriah and offering him as a sacrifice to the Father. Because the Father, God, Yahweh himself, had asked him to bring his son, to not withhold his son from him, but to bring him up to be a burnt offering. And Abraham, in a moment of insight, when Isaac asked him, where is the lamb that is to be sacrificed? Abraham said, the Lord himself will provide a sacrifice. The Lord himself will provide. What amazing words that he said. What amazing words that Abraham knew. God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. God himself will provide the lamb that is necessary, the lamb that is necessary to take away the sins of the world, the sins of his people from before them, because that's what the burnt offering was. It was the sin offering. It was the offering made to God on account of all the sins of the people. Day and night after the law was established, there would be a burnt offering at the temple, at the tabernacle before the temple was made. And there the burnt offering was made day and night on behalf of the people. That is what our writer of the Hebrews references, what he talks about when he speaks of that continual sacrifice, year after year being made, the burnt offering, the sin offering, all of the offerings that the people made on account of their sins being offered over and over and over again. But here on Good Friday is the fulfillment of all of that. Everything prior to Jesus was types and shadows, things that pointed forward to Christ, the antitype, the one who fulfills all of these hidden prophecies, all of these events throughout the Old Testament. And yet, he is also the archetype, the one who stands behind those events. 
Because Jesus is the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world, who is planned to die, such that the Father takes the events of the world and uses so many of the things that happened to the Jews that they would point both backwards and forwards. They point back to the reality that God is in charge and in control, that He has planned and His Son has planned for that Son to be the Lamb that will take away the sins of the world. And then these events happening throughout the Old Testament point forward to what Christ will do, standing in the midst of history, casting a shadow back behind him upon all of those events so that suddenly those events are seen for what they were supposed to be, signs and moments pointing forward, telling the people that these are here to point us to what God is going to do for us, to point us forward to the covenant that God is going to fulfill in the Messiah, in Jesus himself, that he will go up to the cross for us, And in going to that cross, he will become the sacrifice. He will become that which takes away the sins of the world. The one who takes up the foaming cup of God's wrath and drinks it down to the dregs. Who empties that cup on our behalf, taking away that which stands between us and himself between us and God the Father, that which is to bring about our condemnation is placed upon Jesus willingly as he takes that cup to himself and drinks it. And then he turns, and with his very blood that fills that cup, gives it to us that we might receive the very life that he has, that we would be renewed in our entire body because of the work that he has done. And our reading this night from the epistle to the Hebrews fills all of that out for us. The book of Hebrews itself is one long sermon explaining all of these vast and amazing connections between what Jesus has done, his death on the cross, his work here on earth, connecting it to the Old Testament covenant, showing how that covenant pointed forward to what Jesus would do. And here we culminate on Jesus' death, on his offering of himself on the cross on behalf of the people. And the writer here tells us that if all of those sin offerings prior to Jesus had been worth anything, if they had been able to take away sin, then they would not have needed to be offered over and over. The sacrifices were a reminder of their sins, that they needed to be forgiven, and God put them in place as a stopgap to point forward to what Jesus would do. But there in verse 5 it says, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. Here Jesus owns what he is to do. He has come. His whole purpose for coming into this world was to walk that path toward the cross, living the righteous life that we could not have, bringing God's righteousness into our world in a man who then comes to do the will of God, which is to die for the sins of the world as the Messiah, to take on to himself the letter of the law written against each of us, the law that we cannot obey, the law that we are incapable of following that stands against us, and he takes it as his own. 
and is nailed to the cross with that law over him symbolically dying for our sins, offering that one sacrifice that will take away the sins of the world. As the author of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 10, and by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Through the offering, the one offering of the body of Christ on the cross once for all, all of sin is dealt with. Sin is put away. And now we are being sanctified as we trust what Christ has done for us. We are being set apart. We are being made new, made holy, embracing the fullness of the holiness of Jesus himself, having been set aside because he was perfect in all that he did. And he gives that to us by dying and removing our sins. He exchanges with us, taking upon himself our sins and pouring upon us his righteousness, his goodness, his right standing before the Father because of who he is. And the amazing thing is his righteousness is overabundant above and beyond all the sins of the world. That they are but a drop in the ocean compared to the ocean of righteousness that is Jesus. And that ocean of righteousness is ours now. Because Jesus took away our sin and gave himself to us. And we look on him in faith. We look on him in trust and repent and turn from those sins that he has taken from us. Confessing our sinfulness. Seeing that he, before we even thought of confessing, took our sins onto that cross. The author continues in verse 12, But when Christ had offered once for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. He no longer needed to do anything else for our salvation. His death on the cross takes away that sin from before the Father, that he might sit down until his enemies are a footstool under his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Again, we have been set apart by the work of Jesus. We have been set apart into Jesus himself and made one with him through faith. We have been made holy, perfectly holy in Jesus. And now we live in that holiness day by day. We live in that righteousness day by day, experiencing it little by little, more and more as it grows, as we cleave to it, as we lean on it, as we hold onto it through faith. This Good Friday is the day that that is all accomplished. All of Jesus' righteousness is now poured out throughout time and history, time and space upon all those who have faith. All those who had faith looking forward to that Messiah who would deal with the sin of the world. All those who come after that Messiah has dealt with the sin of the world looking back at that cross. That cross who bore the one who bore the sins of the world. That cross that carried upon it the one who took away the sins of the world. Who is the true Lamb of God. The Lamb of God that God himself had provided. That God gave to deal with our sin when we were incapable of dealing with it. When we were uninterested in dealing with it. When we wanted nothing to do with dealing with it. God gave us Jesus to deal with it for us. To take it upon himself and remove it. And that is what this Good Friday is about is recalling the fact that we are sinners, that we are in need of forgiveness, that we 
have sinned against the Holy Father in heaven, but that that Holy Father in heaven has sent his Son into this world and he has died upon a cross and taken our sin onto himself. He has identified with us so much that our sin becomes as though it were his own as he dies, as he embraces the condemnation and the judgment that is rightfully ours on account of our sin. And hearing that, we can look in faith toward Jesus. We can look up at that cross. We can look back in time and see that cross and see our sin dying, our sin being removed, and that we can cry out, though I am a sinner, yet God has provided a way for me through the flesh of Jesus. Through the veil, I can enter into the most holy place on account of Jesus because I enter into him by faith, by trust, by love, knowing that he has loved me first because he died for me first, that I might now live in the life that he lives through his resurrection. For Jesus, the death is not the end of it all, but for the disciples seeing that death, they didn't know what was going on. They knew of what he had prophesied, what he had said, that he would rise again, but they couldn't comprehend it. They couldn't grasp a single man embracing the sin of the world, being raised into new and eternal, perfect life in his body. It was impossible for them to grasp, but it is part and parcel of that salvation that is accomplished through the cross. For without the cross, there is no resurrection. But if there is no resurrection, there is no reason for the cross. The cross happens in order to bring about that resurrection that we will celebrate, that we will rejoice in come Easter Sunday. Come Sunday morning, just a little while from now, we can rejoice in that. But let us stop right now, short of that, to reflect on our sins that Jesus has paid for. Let us reflect on our need for confession. Let us reflect on what drove Jesus to the cross. That our sins stood in the way of us being near the Father. That our sins stood in the way of us knowing the Father and His graceful compassionate mercy. That our sins stood in the way of us knowing the love that exists within our triune God. And then Jesus comes and takes that sin from us. That we might be united to him through faith and baptism and then begin to experience the fullness of the divine love through Jesus' death on the cross, taking our sins, forgiving us completely and totally. And that now any sin we commit, we can draw back to the Father, to his throne of grace and cry out, have mercy on me, a sinner, for the sake of your son, Jesus. Remember what he has done. And take my sin away from before your eyes that I might know you in the fullness of your grace and favor, that I might live in relation to you once more. And so this Good Friday is a moment to reflect on our sin once more, to confess that sin knowing that it has been nailed to the cross in the man Jesus. It has been nailed to the cross in the Son of God being nailed to the cross. That there on that cross, God himself took our sins through the Son of God in the man Jesus, for he is truly God and truly man, and thus God has borne our sins upon the cross that we would be forgiven and cleansed 
Our hearts would be sprinkled clean from our evil consciences and our bodies washed with pure water that we could draw near in hope without wavering because Jesus, because God the Father is, and God the Father are faithful to their promises for us. So let us draw near this night and confess our sins and adore the cross on which Christ died for us that we might know the forgiveness of all of our sins and the joy of the love of our Father in heaven. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.